Welcome to Public Power Underground, Northwest public power infotainment that began as awkward forced fun time for the power department 42 weeks ago when we altered our work arrangements at the start of an ongoing pandemic. The presenting sponsor of today's show is Plug Pass. Stick around at the end, end of the episode for another performative promo by Paul if you're interested in electric vehicle charging or just call, text, or email him for more information. Uh, power up. Yeah. All right. We'll put that in there. We have two New Year's resolutions for Public Power Underground. The first and most important is that we're going to try to shorten the episode. An hour-long episode is just way too long. <laughs> what? On today's show, we'll get an update on uh, Northwest Power Markets on Aaron Reports and check out the news on Public Power Desktop. It's power meetings in Portland week, and we have no intention of trying to get guests to appear on Public Power Underground after participating in all-day Zoom, GoToMeeting, and WebEx meetings. But we'll invite special guest correspondents onto the show again next week. I'm your host, Brian Fawcett, and I'm joined by the star of Aaron Reports and co-star of Public Power Underground, financial analyst Aaron Guillory. Good afternoon, Aaron. Good afternoon. How's it going? Going. All right. <laughs> Our other co-star, Power Underground, the coding wizard of R and Python, our resident Genesis apprentice and current power analyst, Ian Bledsoe. Thanks for being here, Ian. No problem. Glad to be here. Lastly, the editor of this podcast, to podcast to whom we hereby promise to make his editing workload less. I think Paul snuck that in uh, the script here. Paul, really Dawkins, nice of you. How are you doing this week, Paul? Uh, I, I have this wonderful new sweater, but I realize as I'm sitting here that it, it kind of looks like I'm wearing a bathrobe, but it's just a really nice sweater, and uh, maybe I shouldn't wear this in the future. I it's actually more like a smoking jacket. A bathrobe or not earlier. Yeah, it is not a bathrobe. I will stand up. It is, it's very nice. It's a very, it's a professor sweater. It's really fulfills my destiny as an old man. Um, it is not a bathrobe. In exchange for the more affectionately known Professor Shaw. <laughs> there aren't leather patches on the elbows yet, though. There are not. That is correct. That is correct. That's a, a you know, I got to have something to aspire to. Starting this week, checking in on uh, power market indicators in the Northwest with our first segment, Aaron Reports. Oh, man, the pressure is apparently on this round. My heart's beating. Okay. Let's do it. This is Aaron Reports, built to take a few minutes to cover Northwest market indicators for January 7th, 2021. I'm Aaron Gillery, and I've got your market update for the week. April, September flows, the Dow's are expected to be 88,117 and 525 dip from last week, putting the anomaly at 95%. Midday outflows at the Dow's were 159.6, taking the 85 east, scaling north to Grand Coulee Dam. Midday elevation was 1287.5, and, and outflow hit 151.3 yesterday midday. Mid-state power settled at night around 2024. Daylight brought 2374, high 29, low 16. August power at Mid-Sea went up to 6640 this week compared to 6555, the last time reported on public power underground. Henry Hub February futures opened at 2716 yesterday, and August opened at 2851. Sumas Gas in August closed out a 23 cent discount to Henry Hub. Translation, again, Mid-Sea August power is priced at a 25,000 heat rate. A little cooler than last week, but still quite hot. In bond markets, another Washington PUD recently also issued two bonds at a total of 35,145 million. That's 35,145,000, a seven-year 
note with average interest rates of 4% and yields of 117 bits and a 10 year taxable borrowing at an average interest rate of 100, 100, 1.49% and yields of 149 bips. The CPC reported an ONI of negative 1.3 for October, November, December, uh, with most recent SST departures at negative 1.2 for Nino 3.4 index and currently predicts a 95% chance. Again, La Nina will continue through winter 2021. Other sources report and maintained negative 1.06 for an index. Spending a beat at Bonneville's balancing authority. Peak load this past week hit 7,700 on January 4th at 5.45 p.m. and 8.40 drop from last week's peak. Corresponding hydro gen was about 11.205 and nuclear gen hit 1200 in the same uh, in the same hour, fairly consistent with last week's coincident peak, while wind gen rocketed to 2500 megs from four and conventional thermal units 821 down 254 for the same interval. This week's steelhead pass through data for the lower granite dam is sale with fishway outage anticipated through the end of February. We'll circle back on all things fish news next week on PPU. Temp in the region has a 67% chance of being above normal while precipitation in the region is a mixed bag, largely a plus or minus 50% chance of being above and below normal. Above as we go north, below as you head south in the six to 10 day outlook with a shift anticipated to a 33 to 50% chance of being above average in the most recent one month outlook for NOAA. And that's all we've got for this update. Back to you, Brian. Thanks for the report, Aaron. Yeah, so my one of the other goals for Public Power Underground is to actually have some guest commentary on Aaron Reports after this segment. I invited Ooh. John Hart from eWeb. He has not responded yet. I am putting pressure on him <laughs> live on Public Power Underground. John, we want you on to comment. <laughs> Next up is our weekly walk through Northwest Public Power and Public Power adjacent news in a segment we like to call Public Power Desktop. Our first story for you here today. Slack started off the new year slacking off. Now there's on the popular productivity app. Welcome remote workers back to their in-home in desks. Public Power Underground staff was left emailing with their plan of the days instead of conveniently posting them from the Power Department channel. Some users claimed to be unaffected and others wondered if it was an elaborate ruse to sleep in on Monday morning. But alas, news was confirmed in the Public Power Underground channel when our fearless leader was able to post the news article about the outage during the outage after several unsuccessful attempts. <laughs> this is such a terrible lead. I can't, I, I apologize for writing it. It was terrible. There's a lot I of puns. Would have changed it if I had read it. Yeah, I think maybe that's this is encouragement that you should read it before. It's, uh, there's a lot of puns in the leads this month or this week. Uh, I apologize. Okay. The Financial Accounting Standards Board, who makes accounting rules for companies and nonprofit organizations in the U.S., has a lot to cover this year. In recent months, the FASB has advised on how to account for the impact of the pandemic, delayed implementation of certain rules by a year, and temporarily slowed its pace on standard setting. It is now turning to other long-standing issues that have divided companies and investors for years, the way companies account for goodwill and disclosure of expenses. Don't be fooled. They aren't asking for donations. We're talking excess entity fair value or stock purchase price over the fair value of net assets acquired in business combinations. And FASB is saying companies should amortize this intangible with the help of a straight line model, an option already available to private companies though the new process may still require some companies to require companies to impair goodwill. To learn more, we found this story in the Wall Street Journal, or you can call and give me a chat. 
I think this is a, actually a really good move. Goodwill, um, the way we have it set now, reviewing Goodwill for impairment, and even with the straight line approach, there's so much management discretion. And from an investor point of view, it's difficult to compare different companies with such a vague intangible, if that makes sense. Um, and it's often considered to be inflated. I think this is a, it, it's interesting to me that they're posing it now, um, but it definitely, it makes sense. I think that honestly, it doesn't really matter that much because in, certainly in the credit world, like everybody adjusts for 100% of goodwill. Like that is not an asset. Oh, so well, when you do our credit reviews, you, you take out those goodwill assets from your valuation? Nice. Yeah. Oh, entirely for your credit review. Okay. I yeah. think, I think that is unavailable to me in the event of a bankruptcy. So it's, it's the out. perspective may have been more from an investor perspective. I would say in that case, um, just for organizations, a lot of the pushback for them is that you record your goodwill. It's kind of a black box situation. There's lots of management discretion you amortize, you're decreasing an asset, but then you're hitting a loss on the income statement, which over time is diluting your earnings. So from an investor standpoint or other business combinations, it might be difficult to understand the real value of that balance. Yeah. Yeah, different, different uses of the valuation and in different ways to interpret it. Uh, that's great. We should probably move on because uh, I don't think we're going to solve this today. <laughs> My number one goal, uh, number one goal is I'm not going to cut stuff, and then, uh, but we are going to get done in time. <laughs> I'm not sure how I'm going to follow up a story about the Financial Accounting Standards Board, but, but you're going to do least, it. Uh, I believe Paul, in you. Paul, Paul gave me a, one. Uh, it, it's about fish, so that's cool. Although it's not good news. Lake Washington's sockeye salmon count has hit a record low yet again at the end of 2020. After the sockeye's decline in 2019, the trend was expected to continue its decline, but this is worse than imagined. In the sockeye salmon migration to the Cedar River in 2020, only 3,000 fish have returned out of the initial 22,950 counted at Ballard Locks fish ladder. It is expected that at least half of the 3,000 surviving fish will die before spawning. Climate change, predators, and urbanization serve as reasons for this uh, major decline, major and continuous decline of Seattle's sockeye population. With these fish on the brink of ex extinction, the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife is working to protect, conserve, and recover Washington salmon. The Ener Energy Information Administration released the U.S. Energy Atlas. You see a horrible pun by That's the... That's terrible pun. I'm so nice sorry. One, guys. <laughs> Federal puns, always the most fun. Uh, anyway, UC is its new interface for web map applications and offers detailed energy infrastructure map, which allows for users to perform their own geospatial analysis. Most importantly, users can easily download entire data sets and shapefiles for their own GIS maps. Did you hear that, Seppi? Easy access to shapefiles. The Atlas is on the website at atlas.eia.gov. And some members of this department are very excited about it. I think that might be a typo. It probably should read some member 
of this department. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, bad pun and a typo. Um, Sefi, we want you to be a friend of the underground. Uh, somebody needs to send this to her. Uh, but I like geospatial analysis, so I included the article. Thank you, EIA. According to reporting by the Wall Street Journal, more than a dozen special purpose acquisition companies were formed in 2020 to take startups focused on sustainability public. Special purpose acquisition companies are also referred to as blank check companies. And again, according to Wall Street Journal, are all the rage this year because they offer investors an exit if they don't like a proposed merger. So here's the thing, the reference to blank check through Paul, the person who wrote this lead off because of course the investment amount is known during funding. Blank check, uh, the blank on the check is the pay to the order of line. This may have only been interesting to Paul, uh, but if it's interesting to you, once again, we found the reporting on the Wall Street Journal. And if you want more information, more interesting thoughts from Paul, you can go to his Twitter, which we'll put right here, at the power manager. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's a great, great segue there, Brian. Uh, interesting thoughts on special purpose acquisition companies, which I have no expertise in. Uh, the Northwest River Forecast Center held its first water supply webinar for the 2021 water year, uh, Thursday, January 7th. That is today. Um, basically, the story of the water year so far is uh, the Upper Columbia, that is the Columbia River that flows through Grand Coulee is at about 103% of normal. Uh, the total Columbia, that is the Columbia that flows through the Dalles is at about 92% of normal. And the Snake is at 77% of normal. Uh, snowpack built strongly in the beginning of the year, but has since petered off. Um, anybody who's been looking out their window knows that it's actually been quite rainy so far this year. Uh, snow is continuing to build and uh, the over-under for the number of times La Nina was uh, mentioned during the, the presentation was 4.3 and actually was mentioned four times. So anybody who bet on the under, winner, winner. Um, the explanation for the uh, total water year forecast, although we're in, uh, uh, we're seeing La Nina conditions, which would mean wet and cold winter. Uh, which should drive a higher water supply forecast. Uh, current conditions are pulling the total year forecast down. And it looks like the water supply briefing is on the website now, and there is a webinar recording available. So you can watch it yourself if you're interested. And if you, um, there are, the next one is February 4th, and there's registration on the website. And, you know, Ian, I'm going to require Ian to do this again next time. Sounds like the folks over in Idaho need to start uh, injecting some silver iodide into the clouds so we can get it to drop as snow, right? It's a good question. We need some Let's cloud invite somebody seeding. to talk about it on Public Power. Yes, cloud, cloud seeding seed. needs to happen. I couldn't remember. That's right. I thought you were doing that on purpose. It sounded very smooth. It was. It was really good. I was, I was trying to throw it back to last week a little bit. So if you pull up that graph again, Paul, the water year to date precip, uh, one of the the predictor of La Nina years is that the northwest will be wet and cold, but uh, that trend is opposite in the southwest. 
So obviously there's no line that delineates Northwest from Southwest. So seeing that, uh, you know, the low precip in the South there may be also due to La Nina events, which are drying. driving. I always thought that Southwest Northwest meant like the Southwest meaning like lower California, Arizona, um, and the Northwest was like Oregon and Washington, but maybe that line is just creeping North. Every once in a while, we like to take a look at the regional jobs through NWPPA. So uh, among recent postings on NWPPA's job dashboard are a contract purchasing administrator, Chelan County PUD, a generation superintendent at Snohomish PUD, an electrical engineer at Lewis County PUD in Chehalis, Washington, a chief financial officer for Coos Curry Electric Co-op down on the Oregon coast in Port Orford, uh, it appears the analyst position from Snohomish PUD we saw last time is no longer listed. We hope you found a good candidate, Garrison. For other jobs in the region, go to nwppa.org or look in the last couple pages of the bulletin, NWPPA's monthly magazine. It looks like manager of short-term trading and operations at Chelan County has also opened since last time I checked. And in breaking news, jobs related, uh, John Harrison was announced today as the next administrator of BPA. John is a career, uh, is, during his career at Bonneville, has held positions of increasing responsibility, including the position of slice manager, chief compliance officer, chief administrator, officer, administrative officer, chief operating officer, and most recently as interim administrator. That was news news as of this morning. Um, and you can check out a news release on Clearing Up's website to give some more information and context on John Harrison's past. Okay, that's it for the news this week. Send us any news, jobs, questions, or opinions you'd like us to share with our 18 subscribers. If you know someone who wants to become a friend of the underground, get a hold of Paul to add them to the uh, distribution list. If you want to be removed as a friend of the underground, just send Paul an email with the subject line, I don't want to be your friend. That's subject line, I don't want to be your friend. To Paul Dockery, to be removed from the distribution list for Friends of the Underground. Uh, you can also, once again, get a hold of him through Twitter, at a power manager. And uh, if Paul is gonna not be lazy about editing, we're gonna put that right here on the screen. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not gonna happen, okay. Probably There's a not. cool bit emoji. Like, I don't think you'd be able to click on it anyway. It'd just be text. I don't know. Maybe I'll put it in the You know the point you were YouTube. pointing on the screen was right over your face right now. Yeah, we we'll put it right over my face. That's how they do it on YouTube. <laughs> do they really? I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Tyler, my stepson, he's all about it. He puts his Instagram handle right there. We have a special guest from Cecilia. What's up, Cecilia? Public Power Underground is presented by Plug Pass. Plug Pass is an electric vehicle charging program designed by and for commuters. The program design, along with design for an RFID controlled switch where we invented, are all available on GitHub. Go to github.com and search for pdockery slash plug pass. That's P-D-O-C-K-E-R-Y slash plug hyphen pass to see our open source program design and switch. The documents folder has presentations on the EV public charging rate structure we developed, as well as a presentation which outlines our use case and business model. We even have a promo video stored there, which we'll re remake shortly and post in our public browser underground channel on YouTube. 
there's also a nice little schematic that shows uh, the, the circuit for our custom circuit board, printed circuit board. I'm probably going to have to edit this part, which is probably the most editing I'll have to do for the entire episode. Plug pass, it's open source. Plug pass, it's just an outlet. Public Power Underground is a pandemic diversion for entertainment purposes. It's written, edited, and produced by the Power Department. The views expressed here are our own, and not the official views of Klatsky and IPUD, nor any person or organization affiliated or doing business with Klatsky and IPUD. Neither Klatsky and IPUD nor those appearing on Public Power Underground generate ad revenue from the episodes. It's all just for fun, and that sweet, sweet dopamine rush of getting likes. Public Power Underground, hustle ain't subtle. Public Power Underground, it's work to watch.